Welcome to Father-Son Entertainment Talk, a podcast where a father and his son come together to bring you their views on life in various forms of entertainment. It's time. Let's do this. Welcome listeners to Father-Son Entertainment Talk. My name is Ryan Campbell. My name is Matthew Campbell. Well, listeners, I am flying blind today. Matthew wanted to do this episode. He actually has a school project and thought we could do a podcast episode on it. So I'm going to hand over the keys of the kingdom and the wheel, and he's going to drive from here on out. So Matthew, take it away. All right. Fantastic. Uh, Well, Dad, the school project is a project called The Wise in Our Lives. It's a Bible project, which I'm very excited to do. Each person in our class has to interview somebody that's important to us, that's been very impactful in our lives, and I decided I was going to interview you. Thanks, Um, Bob. I appreciate that. Absolutely. You've been very, very impactful throughout my life, so I figured you would be the perfect person for this. So I'm going to start this off with how did you personally come to Christ? Oh, my faith story, huh? Yes. We're going to start off with that. Yeah, so it was a long journey, uh, and it actually wasn't too long ago that it happened. I grew up Catholic and took my sacraments, so was baptized when I was a baby, went through confirmation, and after confirmation, my parents basically told me, it's your choice. You can stay with the church or you can move on, and I chose to move on. I just didn't believe at the time and, and really struggled with the church overall and spent the next 10 years really just in a journey of unknowns, right? Not knowing where you stood, where I stood. Yeah. Not knowing I I felt there was a God. Obviously I grew up Catholic. So I heard that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, but I didn't really believe it. And I didn't really have faith at the time. And so anyway, got married, had kids Mom was trying to raise you as a Christian, and I was open to sitting down and reading the Bible with you before bed because that's the book that you chose (laughs) over and over and over again. It was the kid's Bible, and I probably read that 45 times uh, at a minimum, Um, but certainly God was doing a work in me, and I remember one Easter service, I went to to church with mom and you guys, and the sermon was really, really incredible. And um, I prayed the prayer, which I truly don't believe I was saved when I prayed the prayer, but clearly God was doing work in me. And I remember over the next few weeks, really starting to lean on him more and look to him for answers to questions that I had and feeling like I was getting the answers. And I read a book by an author uh, named Lee Strobel. The book is called The Case for Christ. And this book was incredible. Just really brought out to life for me the work of Christ, but then most importantly, the connections between the Old Testament and the New Testaments, how so many prophecies were fulfilled by Christ. And I'm one that for so long needed to see to believe. And in a way I was able to see and then in turn believe because I was able to see the connections between the Old Testament and the New Testament. But what that ended up doing is truly allowing me to believe without seeing 
because I started to have faith that God was working in my life and it just transformed me. And so ever since then, I've been born again and loving the Lord and trying to raise my kids in the best way possible, knowing Jesus is my savior. And yeah, that's where I'm at. That's awesome. And you talked about how you weren't certain of like whether or not you were saved when you said the sinner's prayer. And I know that a lot of people say that and it's kind of like half-hearted, but as class chaplain, I lead devotions and my most recent devotion was on childlike faith. As a matter of fact, I just did it today. And what I realized was as I read the Bible, how impactful like the faith of a child is and how a child doesn't come into this world with the knowledge of college professor. Like they have to learn and a baby believer also has to learn. So whether or not you had all the answers, I'm certain that there was still doubt. There were still seeds of doubt in there. You were spent the past 10 plus years um, as like, just like not knowing where you stood. So it's my opinion that you probably were saved. If you truly did come to God in your heart, fully willing and ready to trust him, with some doubt. I think that that's very common for believers to experience and definitely not an issue at all. Yeah, I think it was more so just this idea of not being fully sure I was repenting and I was acknowledging that Christ truly died for my sins. It was kind of like, you know what, this would be a lot easier if I could just be a believer. My life would be so much easier because my whole family believes. Uh, and, and it was a, certainly more than that, for sure. But that was an element of my thought process during that time. And, and it, it wasn't until weeks later that I really acknowledged that Christ is my Savior and I need to repent of my sins. And I need to acknowledge that he died on that cross and bore not only my sins, but everyone's sins and not only past sins but present sins and future sins and what a miracle that was and amazing how God was willing to send his son. I think about that every day that imagining what Abraham was almost willing to do and really was willing to do with his son, Isaac and thinking about that with you, it's just baffling to me. And it's just such a gift that God was willing to give. You know, what a good and loving uh, God he is willing to send his son to die for us. Amen. So now that we've uh, gone through how you've been saved, I'm going to ask you, what is the wisest thing that you think that you have done? Marrying your mom? (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I mean, she really was a blessing in my life. And I didn't realize it at first. I met her and... You know, I was dating someone else and it wasn't until, you know, months later that your mom and I started talking and really connected. And I look back now that transitioned into me being the man that I am today, being a husband that has an amazing wife, being a dad that has two amazing kids. And all of that would not be today if not for her. So wisest thing was marrying your mom. I really hope you're not just saying that because she's going to be listening to this. <laughs> uh, there might be a portion of that, but 
99% of it is the truth. So now on the opposite end of the spectrum, what's the dumbest thing you think you've ever done? Oh, so I've done many dumb things, <laughs> especially when I was younger. And you and I have talked many a times about the fact that I will share with you one day some of the dumb things that I have done in my past. <laughs> but this is not that day and that day won't come very soon because... <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't the greatest kid. You can ask Grams and she'll tell you that I struggled at times. So yeah, I would just say decisions that I've made throughout my childhood, especially my late teen years into my early 20s in college, just, you know, really far from the Lord and making very poor decisions throughout that time frame. And I think about the fact that like some of your decisions like, you can't even tell me about them yet. And I, like, look how far you've come. You're one of the most influential men in my life, probably the most influential man in my life. And so it's just incredible how far God can bring somebody out of the kingdom of darkness and into his kingdom of light. And I think that's just really amazing. Yeah, and all the credit goes to him. Amen to that. What is your favorite Bible verse? You know, it's so cliche in a way. <laughs> But I love John 3.16. Yeah. Again, it goes back to what I was sharing with you, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And that's not something that we can just say lightly. He gave his one and only son. He handed over his one and only son to be sacrificed, to die the most brutal death that anyone could die on the face of the earth, mm -hmm. crucifixion. But it's not just the physical anguish of crucifixion. It's that combined with carrying all of that sin on his shoulders. Just to do that for you and to do that for me and to do that for all human beings on earth that believe is just an amazing thing. And so that's why John 3.16 really sticks for me. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. I definitely think it's very impactful, a very powerful verse. And I think that that's the reason that so many people memorize it. Like, even if they don't realize that there's so much power behind that verse and so much depth in it. And I think it's especially so much depth for a father. Like you said, like how incredible it is to think of God, the father giving up his son. And so I definitely agree with you that, yes, it is a little cliche, but it's in a good sense because it's such an amazing verse. Yeah, I agree. Now, who is the most influential person in your life? You know, I've had a lot of influential people in my life, and I mentioned mom. She's clearly been influential. My dad and my mom. My dad is just this really strong, grisly man who's basically done physical labor his whole life, and I've shared this with you many of times. I still... I'm probably a little scared of him. And he's <laughs> over 70 years old, but he's still a monster. He's a, um, he can be a little bit scary. He's massive. <laughs> Biggest forearms I've ever come across. <laughs> I wonder how he's going to react when he hears us saying this. <laughs> <laughs> I think he knows. Yeah. But yeah, he's just shown me so many things about common sense and about what it means to be a man and to, you know, build things and, mm -hmm. you know, just, typical guy things and I mean he helped build the studio that we're in right now exactly so. exactly and you know my mom was always there for me I was a mama's boy growing up and um, that led to a lot of my issues with 
the divorce and watching my mom get remarried and everything, but she was always so caring about her kids and always there for us. And she was tough too. She wasn't an easy mom. She, she wanted to make sure that we grew up and we were able to live independently. And so she was tough, but she was also an incredibly caring mom as well. And the other thing I'll share, I don't know if she would want me to share this, but I'm going to anyway. So she was adopted and she was an orphan. And I just think that's so incredible to think about where she's come from where she was to be in an orphanage Mm. uh, all the way when she was a little girl and she's come so far. So yeah, a lot of influential people in my life and I named a lot of the closest people in my life, but that probably rounds it out. Yeah. You mentioned your parents again, you and mom are definitely two of the most influential people in my life personally. And you know, I think of like the father-son relationship. I think of how much you've taught me and how much you continue to teach me, but definitely a lot of good people that you've uh, mentioned, a lot of people that I know dearly and love dearly as well. So what would you say is your biggest regret? Like if you could go back and change something, what would it be? That's really hard because, you know, I feel like I'm happy where I am in my life. I know that I made a lot of mistakes, but I think those all shaped me. So I don't regret those choices. I think they made me the person that I am today. I frankly think that being as far from the Lord as I was, was clearly dangerous, right? But also made me realize what it's like to be far from the Lord. And how much I I want to steer clear of that. So anyway, I think I don't really regret anything that I've done. Maybe one thing, and this is kind of wacky, but you and I were playing football in the snow one time when you were like oh, yeah. uh, 10 years old, maybe. Yeah, 10. And I was running this. after you, and we were just running around, wrestling around with each other in the yeah. snow. And I remember you had the ball and I was chasing you and you got scared and I was running and you, because you got scared, you just collapsed. And <laughs> Story as you of my dropped, life. I almost like had to jump over you, but I couldn't make it. And so my knee came crashing into your leg and I broke yeah. your leg with my knee. So, and I knew it happened immediately. As soon as, you know, you started screaming, I remember picking you up and carrying you to the, the van I think that incident didn't shape me in any way long-term for the good. So I would say that is one regret. Well, first of all, very wise words. Every Everything that happens to us is part of God's plan. It's his way of shaping us. All the mistakes that we make are his way of showing us that like this is the path that should not be taken. And so it all ultimately fits into his perfect plan. But what I will say is with the leg-breaking situation. I've never seen you f- feel so bad in my life. <laughs> I do I would, feel very bad. And I remember like they were like yanking my boot off of my broken leg. And despite all the pain, like like you didn't want to leave my side. Like I like you need to go get some stuff from the house for me, but you didn't want to leave. And I told you it was okay and that it was going to be I was going to be fine and like it was fine for you to leave. I feel like that strengthened our relationship a little bit. And like Obviously, it wasn't like a 
drastic strengthening. Like, it's not like we had a bad relationship prior to that. If we had one, we probably wouldn't be playing out in the snow. So, (laughs) (laughs) but I feel like, again, God works in mysterious ways and he used that bad experience to kind of teach us something to be a little more careful when we play in the snow. (laughs) Good point. So we're going to end on a little bit of a happy note. I want you to think back. What was the happiest day of your life? Yeah, uh, there's three. And I, again, unfortunate that this is going to be probably most people's happiest days of their lives. But I'll throw a little twist in. But certainly my wedding day, your birth and Ashley's birth. If I had one of those moments where, you know, you hear some people say, I was saved on June 27, 1925, and that's the happiest day of my life. I didn't have one of those days, yeah. right? I, I prayed the prayer. I wasn't really sure ultimately if I was saved. and you know, It was a felt, bit of a gradual growth type yeah, thing. Yeah, and I felt God working in me from that point forward, but it wasn't like this monumental in situation. So I think those other three times were really impactful and... You know, it's interesting for your birth, you're the oldest, there was a whole lot of fear wrapped up into that happiness. (laughs) I remember I was a little scared about being a dad and being a parent. And it's definitely a shock to the system when you don't have any responsibilities whatsoever and all of a sudden a kid comes into your life. And, you know, that was the fear element. But regardless, just seeing you immediately after being born, I knew that I was meant to be a dad and God put you in my life. And the same with Ash, you know, when she was born, we had a little bit of a scarier moment with Ash where the umbilical cord was wrapped around her neck. But, um, so there was fear in that birth as well, but Man, me and Ashley sure put you through a lot of stress. Don't we? <laughs> <laughs> but just going back to the wedding, you know, I talked about mom in the beginning as being such an impactful person in my life. And the wedding day is the day at which you make those vows, those Mm -hmm. vows to honor your wife and to love your wife and to be there for her for the rest of your life. And that's pretty impactful for me just to really make those statements. We watch our wedding video every year, most recently for the last few years with you guys. And brings back a lot of memories. I see myself crying as I'm reading my vows to her and it was an emotional day, but yeah, those are the three most impactful days of my life. Uh, and I will say that with me being the firstborn, like not only was it stressful, but I took a while to come out. (laughs) (laughs) Like how, how long was it? I think mom was in labor for, 12 to 15 hours, something like that. She told me it was like 30 hours. Um, She's probably right. I'm not going to say it wasn't 30 hours. I mean, I I mean, then again, I mean, then again, when you're in that kind of pain, 15 hours might feel like 30 hours. I know both of us took a nap at one point. I probably slept a lot better than she did. Oh yeah. But yeah, it was, it was long. And for Ash, it wasn't, it was quick and easy. I was like, no, I don't want to leave. Ash was like, let me out into the world. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I definitely feel like those were three, like, yes, they're cliche, but again, I feel like with the John 316 thing, it's so impactful, such powerful moments, uh, very happy moments that I feel like it's perfectly fine to have it be that way. 
I think that those were very good answers. Well, that is all my questions. I really, really do appreciate you doing this uh, little interview with me. I'm very thankful that we were able to do this interview in podcast format. I actually asked my Bible teacher, who is, he's actually a regular listener to our show, which oh, is really nice. cool. Yeah. That's great. Um, and I was like, could me and my dad go down into our studio and do a podcast of it? And he was like, absolutely. Um, well, I'm going to be honest. I actually think the flow of this went really well. And yeah. We've been like kind of bouncing around ideas about what to do next with the podcast. And mm. do we continue to do this like movie watching book reading type format and talking about them? This type of a conversation is something we should try to incorporate into more episodes moving forward. So yeah. I think this was a good test and hopefully it's a success and yeah. I hope you get a good grade as well. Thank you. <laughs> Great. Oh. So should we wrap this up? Yep, absolutely. Once again, big thanks for doing this. This was a lot of fun. And I'm going to end this on a little bit of a sappy note by saying that I'm very, very thankful that you are such an impactful person in my life. You're not just my dad. You're a teacher and a mentor and somebody that I can talk to. And it just, this was really special. And when like I was mulling over ideas for who I should interview, you were one of the first people that came to mind. And obviously you were the person who I chose. So, but this was very special and I just wanted to say thank you. I appreciate that, Bob. I appreciate you choosing me and I'm glad we could have this conversation. And uh, We'll probably have a bunch more of these. Yeah. And we'll make hopefully. an episode out of them and we'll post them. Yeah, hopefully that'd be awesome. Great. Well, my name is Ryan Campbell. My name is Matthew Campbell. Thanks for listening.